but CBS Sports Radio. If you are just joining us and missed, you know, the first hour of the show or maybe leaving us soon and going to miss the rest of the show, good news for you. You can stay up to date with the entire show at your listening convenience by subscribing to the podcast Hick at Night, night spelled N-I-T-E. All four hours of this show uploaded along with bonus monologues, bonus little bits as well throughout the week. I'm only on once a week, right? Saturdays, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern. But if I have any other fill-in shifts on CBS Sports Radio during the week like I will this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on CBS Sports Radio, or just breaking news happens, I want to talk about it, uploaded to the podcast page. So that is the best spot to kind of stay up to date with all content from this show and even content not on this show Heck at Night Podcast, again, night spelled N-I-T-E. Thursday Night Football, Lions did beat the Packers, moved to 3-1 and one in dominant fashion. And I think for me, Thursday Night solidified one thought. The Lions are the only team in the NFC that can spoil a rematch between the 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC title game. They're the only ones. Detroit is the third best team in the NFC, and I believe in them more than I have faith in the Cowboys and the Seahawks and anyone else in that conference of, again, denying what inevitably feels like a rematch of the NFC title game from last year. Here's why you should believe in the Lions, and here's why they are legit. They have the two things that you need to have in order to have success on the playoffs. They have a talented offense, and they are a team that's able to win in multiple ways. Like, are you ready for this? This is why you listen to Hick and I right here on CBS Sports Radio. For this take, I'm about to give you. In order to win in the playoffs, you ready for this? You gotta score. I know, earth-shattering. Groundbreaking analysis you only get from me, Ryan Hickey, right here on CBS Sports Radio. You have to score in order to win in the playoffs. But here's the thing. Detroit can do that. Detroit absolutely can do that. I get Jared Goff, right, still has a stench on him from his Rams days, specifically in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, where Bill Belichick put him and Sean McVay in an absolute blender. That has lingered. That has kind of stayed on and attached itself to Jared Goff. He's never been able to shake it. And especially when the trade went down, when he was traded for Matthew Stafford and Goff goes from L.A. to Detroit, and basically the only reason why Detroit took him out was because they got an extra first-round pick from the Rams. It feels like it's okay. Well, he's a placeholder for a year or two, but he's not very good. He's just going to be there until Detroit can you know, draft a quarterback in a year or so from now, and then they'll get their actual guy. But the reality is, with Jared Goff, he has developed into being the guy for the Lions. He's a really solid quarterback. He can win you games in the playoffs. And the thing that's encouraging is, for Goff and for the Lions come postseason time, he has the proper help around him to succeed. Right? It is not all on Jared Goff's shoulders. It is not all on him to throw for 350 yards a game in order for the Lions to win consistently. He just has to act like a point guard and kind of be like Brock Purdy 
Get his talented players the ball. And look at this offense. Amon Ross St. Brown is a stud wide receiver and really elevating himself into that upper echelon of top flight receivers. Jamison Williams is an explosive playmaker now because of the new gambling laws. In case you missed it, the NFL revised its gambling policy. So now if you bet on a team, or excuse me, if you bet on non-NFL events in your facility, it's only a two-game suspension. So now Jamison Williams is eligible to return to the field as early as next week for the Lions. So that's a nice weapon back. Sam Laporta has really come on and been a really valuable tight end. As just a rookie, he's been heavily involved. And again, his play is really starting to build on top of each other week after week. They have a great offensive line and a really solid run game. It's not all on Jared Goff's shoulders offensively in order for Detroit to have sex and uh, to have success. Holy smokes. In order to have success. And that's why it's huge. And why I have a big point of, of belief in this Lions team is because offensively they could beat you in multiple ways, but also as an entire team, they could beat you in multiple ways. Like, and then come playoff time, right? Again, another obvious take here that you're only going to get here on CBS Sports Radio. The playoffs are all about winning. There's no style points. There's no bonus points for winning uh, a certain way or covering the spread. It's all just about how can you survive and get to the next week. And in order to survive to get to the next week, part of that is by winning in different ways, by having multiple strengths on your team so that you're not reliant on needing your passing game to bail you out every single week or relying on your defense to basically pitch a shutout. That's part of the reason why the 49ers are in the NFC title game, it feels like, every single year. They can run the ball really well, pass the ball really well, and have a great defense. The Lions have shown you so far in the first month of the season, they can win games in multiple ways, and that is going to come up clutch and huge in January. Look at Thursday night. How do they win Thursday night in Green Bay? By running the hell out of the football. 211 rushing yards and three touchdowns on the ground. They ran the ball on average for five yards a carry. They were unstoppable on Thursday night in the run game. They showed you, hey, if this has to be a ground and pound game, if they got to run the ball in order to win, they absolutely can do so. If they got to win a defensive struggle, they could do so. Go back to week number one against Kansas City. Back and forth game, but a close, low scoring game where the defense came up clutch. The defense registered at pick six. The defense made some timely plays at the end in order to preserve their one-point victory. The defense, even on Thursday night, registered two interceptions and sacked Jordan Love five times. Made plays when they had to. Got the stops when they needed to. So the Lions have showed you so far through the first month of the season. They can win games when you got to kind of ground and pound and make it a more physical game, they can do that. They can win games when it's an aerial attack. And they can win games when you need to rely on your defense to get a stop or two. They can win games in multiple ways. And they can win games when they're not on their A game. That's also important. They don't need every break to go their way in order for them to win a game. That shows you they are a talented team and they are a legitimate winner. I'm in on the lines. 
They are legit. They are legit, and they are the NFC's only hope of preventing an Eagles-49ers rematch in the NFC Championship game. Don't rely on the Cowboys. Don't rely on the Seahawks. Don't rely on anyone else in that conference. It's on the Lions to beat either the Eagles or the 49ers in the playoffs. The Lions are the best chance in the NFC to take down one of those two teams. Are you with me here? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Are the Lions truly the third best team in your eyes in this uh, in this conference? Like, let me ask you this. If you're going to say no, and you're going to sit here and tell me Dallas, why at this point should you believe the Cowboys are going to be a legit threat in the playoffs? What have they shown you last year or two years ago that has you believing this team can actually play their best game in January? I've seen enough. As George Bush would say, fool me once, shame on shame on you, fool me twice, uh, you can't get fooled again. I'm not getting fooled again with this Cowboys team. You can look at the regular season. You can look at the 12 wins they'll get in the regular season. You can look at their flashy, dominant, elite defense. Tell me Dak Prescott is the real deal. Point to the running game in Tony Pollard. Look at Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb and all of these weapons they got on offense. And Mike McCarthy now dialing up the right plays. The Cowboys are kings of selling you they are legit in September, October, November, and even December. A little bit in December. But I know it, and deep down you know it. Come January, they cannot be trusted. They cannot be trusted or believed in to elevate their game to play their best in the biggest moment. That is why I don't care what the Cowboys do the rest of the regular season. They, to me, are frauds in the postseason. And that's why I look at Detroit with how they win, with the weapons they have, I believe in Jared Goff more than I believe in Dak Prescott. I believe in this Lions team overall in January right now, even though I haven't seen it from them in the playoffs. I believe in them more than I believe in the Cowboys, in the Seahawks, in anyone else in the NFC to take down either the Eagles or the 49ers and again prevent what it would be a rematch of the NFC title game between Philly and San Francisco. Who in your mind is right now is the third best team in the NFC behind Philly and behind the 49ers. 855-212-4227. Mitch is calling from Ontario. Hello, Mitch. You're on CBS Sports Radio. There we go. Hey, how are you? Good, man. What's on your mind? Good. Um, I'm a big Lions fan, so I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I do agree with you. I think that they probably do have the best chance of making it to the NFC title game in terms of after the Niners or the Eagles. Um, with that said, as a Lions fan, I think that the Cowboys are a bad matchup for them. And every time they play the Cowboys, something bad happens. So I think the Lions just have to avoid the Cowboys somehow in the playoffs, and then they can get there. They definitely have a better chance of beating 
the Eagles or the Niners if they did get there in the NFC Championship game compared to anybody else. I'm with you, Mitch. Like, you look at it, I appreciate the call, but as a Lions fan, I'm glad you're enjoying the season so far. It's been, again, it's been a joy that right now the preseason hype and expectations, so far your team is living through them and living up to them, I should say, through the first four weeks of the season. But it's like you look at the, like you look at the Lions. I get we're talking about the Cowboys matchup, but also I feel like the, the Lions match up pretty well with Dallas. The biggest question I have right now with Detroit is their defense. And what I'll say is this in the first three, uh, four months of the game, uh, four games of the month. So, uh, set back in week number two against the Seahawks, but they have shown you at least improvement from last year. They were horrendous in the first half of 2022. They got better in the second half of the season. You saw it even in week 18 on the national stage. They flummoxed and they shut down that Packers offense in which the Packers are playing for the playoffs and the Lions are playing for nothing. That defense made some clutch stops late and won the game. And so far, they were, uh, they have been able to carry over that momentum into this season. And again, I know there's no Travis Kelsey, but still, Patrick Holmes is really damn good. And they're able to, to throttle down a Chiefs offense. Able to slow down Jordan Love and really get after him on Thursday night. And even against the Falcons last week, the Falcons have a lot of talent. We'll get into Desmond Ritter here in a little bit. But you look at the Falcons on paper, really good offensive line, talent everywhere, wide receiver, running back, tight end. I like Arthur Smith as a play call. I think he's really creative and a really good head coach. The Falcons have talent, especially on offense. And to Detroit's credit, last week, six points. Really slowed them down. Really did not allow them to get going whatsoever. So I think Detroit's defense will continue to progress as we get later into the season. And come playoff time, I think it will be better than it even is right now. But they got the players. Aiden Hutchinson is coming into his own. And he's really been a force so far early in the season. That's a guy absolutely to to watch. And this is a Lions defense I think they will improve. But a Lions uh, team overall that is really uh, really well-rounded explosive offense, and can win games in multiple ways, which is what you need to do as a team come playoff time here in order to win, in order to advance. So for me, Thursday night, solidified. Lions are the third best team in the NFC. Ryan Hickey here with you. Welcome. Appreciate you spending a little bit of your late Friday night, early Saturday morning with us. Right here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we'll get back to the third best team in the NFC in one second here. But looking ahead to Sunday and the NFL, I think the Dolphins have the most to prove on Sunday than anyone else um, that's playing. Right? As Ric Flair says, in order to be the man, you got to what? Beat the man. That's what the Dolphins have to do on Sunday. They have been right now, right, one of the darlings of the early season. Hanging, most recently, 70, 70 points on the Denver Broncos and setting records and lighting up the scoreboard left and right. It's been a tremendous season so far for Miami. I think they are legit. But with that said, if you truly are legit, if you want to show the rest of the division and the rest of the AFC you are not to be played with, 
and that the AFC East runs through Miami, you got to go up to Buffalo, a place you haven't won since 2016, and win. I think they will, but I think they have the most pressure on them in week number four here to send a statement and send a message. So I do think if they lose, if they go to Buffalo and lose on Sunday, not that people are off the bandwagon, not that folks are calling them frauds, I think there will be Monday morning, right here on CBS Sports Radio, I think there will be questions about the Dolphins of do we get out too ahead of ourselves, right? Do we get a little, do we go a little too far with our love for Miami? And maybe now when you look at who they played, which look at the records of the teams they've played, Chargers 1-2, and two, Patriots 1-2, and two, Broncos 0-3, oh a combined 2-7. and seven. I think there could be plenty of people that bring up questions of the legitimacy of the Dolphins because of the schedule they played early on. The way you wipe away any concern, the way you not even allow those questions to be asked, go to Buffalo, take care of business, show everyone the AFC East runs through Miami, and that you are legit. I think Miami's winning on Sunday. But with that said, I do think they have the most pressure because I think they have the most to lose if they do end up losing. Like, I think we're talking more negatively about the Dolphins if they lose on Monday compared to we're talking negatively about the Bills if they lose. Miami does have pressure on them. I think they do have to win here in week number four. All right. We're also talking NFC on the flip side here. Are the Lions legit? They went into Green Bay on Thursday night, smoked the Packers, right? The game was 34 20. It really was not even that close. It was 27 3 at halftime. But now they're 3 and 1. Detroit is in the driver's seat for the division. And I think for me, they're in the driver's seat to being the third best team in the NFC and being the best chance of anyone in that conference to knock off either the Eagles or the 49ers in the playoffs and prevent a second straight Philly San Francisco NFC championship game. Who do you think is the third best team right now in the NFC? 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Brandon, let's go to a guy who saw this team up close yesterday. Brandon calling from Green Bay. Hello, Brandon. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. So me being a diehard Packer fan, I, it pains me to say it, but yes, the Lions are the third best team in the NFC. They played really, really well last, last night, and I'm happy for them. They have been so bad for so for so long, and they're one of the teams that I can respect most in the division. Now I want to talk about the game a little bit last night. I do think Jordan Love is still going to be good. Matt LaFleur has to put him in better positions to succeed. And we need to get rid of our defense court. Nothing taken against the Lions, but our defense can't stop a nosebleed right now. And Jordan Love couldn't do anything last night. And the Lions have a great, have a pretty good defensive line. But you can't do anything when you're down half of your offensive line and you can't, don't have time to throw the football. You're right. I mean, the offensive line, again, because injuries was atrocious, you're right about that, Brandon. And the defense was, a, you know, getting run right through the middle. Thanks for the call, buddy. Um, by David Montgomery, who... Selfishly, no, no one cares, but hey, on the fast team, so I'll take the three touchdowns. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, David Montgomery. But yeah, that's um, Packers got some problems, but I don't think that takes away what the Lions have achieved so far. And that brings me to C. Michael Conley on Twitter, who does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. I don't think the Lions make the playoffs in the AFC. Fortunately, they play in the atrocious. NFC, I've never seen so much disparity between two conferences. I don't agree with that. 
I don't think the, the Lions right now are propped up because they are in a, a bad conference. I think the Lions, if they were in the AFC, would be a playoff team. They're legit. Like, this is what I'm, like, they are legit. The Lions are legit. Again, I don't know if it's because Jared Goff got shut down in the Super Bowl and now we can never believe that Jared Goff's going to be a good quarterback ever again, even though really since the back half of 2022, he's played really well um, in Detroit and has carried that over into this season. I don't know if it's because of that. I don't know if it's because of Detroit's history of just never coming through and never you know, getting over the hump. I don't know if it's their defense that started off poorly last year and now is improved and we're not going to just agree on that or acknowledge that. Like, the disrespect for the Lions, if you have some, I guess I don't understand it. And again, to to, to say, oh, they're just looking at the playoffs because they're in the NFC and the NFC sucks and they're just the beneficiaries of, you know, 10 out of the 16 teams or 11 out of the 16 teams in that conference just stinking. It's not the case. That is not the case. The Lions are truly a good team. And I think we'll truly give the Eagles and 49ers a run for their money. James is calling from Connecticut. What's up, James? Yes. Hey, good morning. Morning. That, that is why you are the football guru, because you make sense. You make sense with the Lions, and you make sense with the Miami Dolphins. And I just want to be the first one to tell you that you know exactly what you're talking about. So I applaud you. And I enjoy listening to you. Well, thank you and, very much, James. It's very kind of you to say. You are not only the first, you are probably the only person to say that. So you're on an <laughs> island, but appreciate well, that. Well, I speak truth. So, you know, uh, but, I, but, I, but you are right. With Miami going to Buffalo, that's, that's their, that's their uh, the shut-up game, as you, as, you, as, you, as you call it. That's that the one. Plant the flag. Yep, absolutely. Because Buffalo was supposed to be the uh, – uh, the strength of that division, and Miami's going to just uh, excuse my. Well, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to something slap them. You know, they're going to be yeah. slap them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's not curse here, James. It's I know it's 3:29 a.m. Nope. <laughs> Appreciate the call. Still family friendly here on the radio, and do not want to get myself fined or CBS Sports Radio fined for some ill-advised language. We'll we'll say right here, but. So you look at the Lions, like, again, like, they, I don't think, have done anything to think this is flukish or that they're, that they're benefiting from a bad division or a bad conference. Again, they can run the ball when they have to run the ball. They can get stops defensively when they have to get stops. And again, you mentioned before, we had uh, Brandon from Green Bay call before. That Detroit defensive line is strong. They are good. Aiden Hutchinson is really continuing to get better every single week. There's nothing, to me, flukish right now with what we're seeing with the Lions. Neil's, speaking of, let's go right to the heart of Detroit. Neil's calling from Detroit. What's up, buddy? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. I want to thank the guy. From, I want to thank the guy from Green Bay for uh, giving Detroit a compliment. And then the next guy who called was critical of Detroit, the AFC, not being able to win, and yet they beat Kansas City in game number one. It is often said that games are won and playoff games are won on the offense and defensive line. And I think both lines to Detroit are borderline elite, particularly the offensive line at this point. And like you said, Hutchinson, is, it's hard to believe he was overlooked in, that, in the draft. So anyway, I want to get your take on... Well, I mean, he did go number two. 
Overlooked is a little strong there. Should he have gone number one? Yes. Did the Jaguars make a mistake in taking Trayvon Walker over to Aiden Hutchinson? Absolutely. I would not say that the number two overall pick was overlooked. Okay, that's good. Do you think they can get to the top and beat Philly or um, in the... San Francisco? This year, I do not. I think they have the best chance of any team in the NFC. Right now, though, I think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, and I think to get there, they are beating the Eagles in the NFC title game. I still think there is a gap between those two and everyone else. I thank you for your time, sir. Of course, Neil. Appreciate the call, buddy. I mean, the Lions are getting there. And again, especially with a young team, if you're able to get to... If you're able to win a playoff game this year, get to round number two, face either the 49ers or the Eagles, and make it a game, that just, to me, does wonders for the confidence of this young group and only makes them stronger going forward. But there's legit reason for optimism here, and there's a legit reason to believe... If you are, um, if you're a Lions fan, that this is not only legit, they are going nowhere fast. Okay, I really before we get to three at three and we get to Marco Belletti's sports update here, I just want to take a, a complete veer off the road, make a sharp left turn, make an illegal U-turn to get on the other side of the road here because I want to go talk to from Ohio Dragon. Dragon, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Ryan, you're doing a great job, man. I, I've been listening to you a few times. You've been coming on here. You're doing a wonderful job, man. Well, th- thank been, you. Thank I've you been, very much. I appreciate the kind words. I have some questions for you, though, first before we get going here. All right. Full name I'm looking at right now says Dragon Sword. Is that your actual name? Uh, no, it's not. It's a moniker that I had to that when I had my radio show down here in Youngstown, Ohio. Ooh. Uh, back in the 90s. And you went by Dragon Sword, huh? Yes. Uh, yeah, I had a, I, I, I had, uh, had a lot of northeastern Ohio, Akron, Canton, Youngstown. Uh, I worked at, uh, down at BBW, WBBW 1240. Did you spit um, fire I, like a dragon? Like, where does that nickname come from? Uh, my brother, he passed away now. Uh, he's gone oh, five years, but, uh, years ago we were listening to a radio show and we just, he just called in he says, call yourself the dragon sword when you call in. And I, I did. And then the entire Valley just started calling in everything I said they didn't like. <laughs> and it, it, okay. just, uh, it got so much attention that the radio station had me come in and sit in with the hosts and all that, and the, the phone lines would just light up like crazy. But eventually they started liking me because uh, I just talked sports. It was more or less a gloss name or whatever. It just a lot of people were offended by it. Interesting. Okay, I wasn't sure if you slayed a dragon, if you know you spit fire like a dragon. You know, that's, that's a unique name. Had to get to the bottom of it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's that's where it came from. It actually came from uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the 90s had a uh, Green Ranger that he would call the Dragon Sword. And that's where that actually came from. Alex is doing a great job producing. He's giving you a thumbs up. He likes that one, so he approves. Yeah, so that's how that went down. But I, I wanted to call you because I, I, I see... You know, I do do a lot of talking, and you're right about the Lions. You're right, spot on. But the one thing you're missing is they need to get the second seed or the first seed. Why is that? Uh, because if they can get a home game against either the Eagles or the 49ers, 
they stand a much better chance of knocking them off. I would absolutely agree with that. Yes, going to San Francisco, tough place to play. Going to Philly, really tough place to play. I am with you there. Much better chance to knock one of them off if they are in Detroit rather than in San Francisco, or I guess really San Jose, or I guess really technically Santa Clara, I think, or Philly. Yeah, and then like on the reverse side, let me go over on the other side of Lake Erie. And nobody's really talking about this, but Sunday the Browns can go to 3-1. and That's right. And uh, then they play a couple weeks later. They play the Forty ers but they come out of that say three and two after the first five games. If you look at their schedule, Ryan, after that, they could reel off seven straight. I'm dragging. I'm a believer in the Browns. I'm with. That. I picked them to go to the playoffs in part for that reason. I appreciate the call, and again, I love the nickname Dragon Sword. That's one I never forget. And you know what? Smart. You market yourself that way. Unforgettable. But that's part of the reason why I believe the Browns are a playoff team this year. Their schedule is set up for them to really have a lot of success. But also, too, I thought Deshaun Watson have a bigger bounce-back season. Now, played better um, in their win over the Titans last week. Definitely disappointed with his Week 2 game against the Steelers, which he just completely imploded and was the reason why they lost that game, especially once Nick Chubb went down. But as long as if you can have Deshaun Watson just incrementally get better here, that schedule and that defense... Sets up really nicely for Cleveland. They absolutely should rattle off a bunch of wins and should be in a very tough and loaded AFC. Should be a playoff team. All right. For I've lived in the Northeast my entire life. Right, grew up um, in the New York City area. Lived there now. Went to school at Penn State. So I've been in the in the Northeast my entire life. One thing I have appreciated about the Northeast is the fact that we mostly avoid extreme weather. Right? There's no real hurricanes or real threat of it. There's no tornadoes, there's no earthquakes, not extreme heat, not extreme cold. It's, again, probably the most temperate right area that you'll get in the U.S. There is one thing I learned today the hard way, and that is this. New York City especially is probably the city in America least equipped to handle the rain. It's been raining cats and dogs all week. The, today, especially, it's been raining, pouring. It was like four or five inches have fallen in the last 24 hours. It's been just an absolute nightmare. And between just the flat-out flooding where in parts of New York City, Brooklyn specifically, there's like four feet of water. Cars can't drive anywhere. The drains are all backed up, so water's just sitting in the streets. Between the subways getting flooded and how most people in New York City get around, either by driving or the subways, Basically, can't, could not get around to anywhere in New York City today because you couldn't drive in some places because of flooding. Subways were all flooded as well. So now all the electricity is shut off. And so a lot of subway stations, such trying to get downtown, especially where we are here in the downtown area of New York City, impossible to get to. And then you add that with just the pure impatience of New Yorkers where no one can understand that, hey, Mother Nature is forcing these issues. People are always complaining still. No one is patient. People are, are you want to either be in a crowded car or have to move places because of subway transfers. No one took a wall. It has been a day from hell. I will say that with that said, my experience today was not as bad as others. Alex, I know we've had some time since the rain subsided. You're also a fellow New York City resident here. Any issues coming in compared to normal? No, it wasn't that bad, actually. Um... 
It was pretty bad. The worst day was it was actually like a couple weeks ago. And, okay. And I I think I already told you so. I start I started a co- coaching as well. And um it was our first game of the season and it was just pouring down on Randall's Island. Ooh. And it was like heavy heavy rain. And the thing is with it's it's a, it's it's soccer. With soccer, you don't you don't postpone games unless there's lightning. Right. So we, I was, and I didn't have an umbrella, so I was just out there in the rain a minute before we were out to start, and then lightning comes, and then we're like, okay, the game's suspended. So I'm like, okay, so I just sat in the rain for about almost an hour. So, like, that was pretty, because then I had to do the whole, like, you know, what do you call it, like, when you, like, you twist your clothes? Ringing? Ringing, yeah. Ringing it out? Yeah, I had to do that. I had to, like, yeah, I had to hang them up. I'm sure your shoes were soaked. Oh yeah, it was terrible. But uh, today it, it actually wasn't bad, terrible for me because I saw it outside, so I just stayed inside until it sort of like went away a bit. It was still like it was. Then it was just like regular rain after that. Um, I had to jump uh, jump over some puddles, but besides that, it was all right. Okay, so a few puddle jumps. Other than that, I love how they say like you get an alerts all on your phone. Like if you don't have to travel, please avoid traveling. Then I get to the subway and there's a million people there. No, yeah, no one's either listening care. or everyone has to travel anyway. No one's taking heed whatsoever. We don't care. No, that is for sure. So it's been, I think the rain is supposed to subside. I think it's supposed to not rain on Saturday, but it's basically outside of one day, been raining for like a week straight. It's been awful. And as you can imagine, New York City people, folks, you know, always, uh, always the friendliest, always the cheeriest, and always the most understanding. All right, one thing actually. One thing does bother me here in sports, and that's this. I don't think, for the most part, uh, within reason, crimes can actually be committed in sports. Here's what I mean by that. So, Friday night, you had Louisiana Tech playing UTEP in football. You had Louisiana Tech's um, Brevin Randall. He's a defensive end linebacker. He got frustrated at an offensive lineman on UTEP. So, as the play is winding down, the UTEP offensive lineman's on the ground. Randall's on top of him. He kind of, like, gives a little, like, shoulder into the lineman who's already on the ground. And then as he's standing up, stomps on the UTEP offensive lineman's head neck area. Clear as day. Stomps on it. Now, the referees didn't see it. It should have been flagged. He should have been ejected from the game, and I think he should and will be suspended going forward for a long time. Here's the one thing I don't think that should happen that I saw a few people saying should happen. I don't think he should be pressed with charges. And the reason why I bring that up is there were people saying that should be assault, he should be arrested. I think that's honestly the most ridiculous thing that anyone could ever say, that you get arrested during a sport event. Here's why. Again, within reason. I don't think that you can actually charge someone with a crime on a sporting, uh, at a sporting event, like on the field, especially for football. Think about what we're asking our athletes to do. You are asking college, grown, and even you know high school. You are asking kids and adults to run into each other, get charged up, get motivated, get angry, to run into each other for three hours once a week. That is not normal. That is not real life. And so I don't think you can use real life logic 
when you're asking basically kids and adults to step out of real life, step out of reality in order to play football. I would argue a tackle in real life is assault. It is. It's not, I would not even argue. It's a fact. It is. You can't just go around tackling people on the street and get away with it. So even though it's egregious act of stomping on someone's head and neck area, even though, again, I'm not condoning it, I think he should be suspended, and then he should have been injected from the game if the referee saw it, I can't sit here in good conscience and say, oh, yeah, well, the, now the police should get involved. Like, I go back to when Miles Garrett swung Mason Rudolph's helmet at Rudolph's head. There was plenty of people outraged calling for Miles Garrett to be arrested. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. Again, within reason, I, I just can't envision a scenario where a player gets arrested for something they do on the field. Emotions run high, and players absolutely go over the go over the line, sometimes make dirty plays on purpose. I just, I, I, when it comes to punishment, though, it should be just within the league or within the sport. Like, taking the sport away is punishment to me enough. Suspending them, kicking them out of the game, making sure they don't play again the rest of the year, etc., that to me is enough punishment. I don't think we have to get law enforcement involved now and send someone to jail. Okay, really fast here. Third and final thought here is this. A lot of people have gotten on Ryan Day for attacking Lou Holtz after Ohio State last week beat uh, Notre Dame. I got it from Ryan Day. And in case you missed it, here is Lou Holtz on Friday in the Pat McAfee show. This is what got Ryan Day so worked up. Lou Holtz, in so many words, just called Ohio State soft and called Ohio State under Ryan Day soft. I never understood why people were mad at Ryan Day for going after Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz called Ohio State soft. If you're Ryan Day, of course you're going to get offended. You should get offended by that comment. And after you win a game in which away, you win the game in a way where Lou Holtz and others thought you couldn't, I have no problem with him going after Lou Holtz. I have no problem with him going after any doubters that said, hey, Ohio State's soft. It's a mark of a real competitor. That to me, if you are criticizing Ryan Day, I think he's in the wrong for attacking Lou Holtz and then using Lou Holtz's age as a reason to say, oh, why are you attacking an old guy? Stupid. Ryan Day, 100% in the right for what he said. I love the rivalry. I hope it continues all throughout the rest of the season. All right, when we uh, we continue here, Hank and I with Ryan Hickey. Should the Bears trade Justin Fields? We'll get into it next.